So they finally made a movie about us. Dumb Money, the movie, all about the GameStop short squeeze and all of us, the underdogs, the individual retail investors that the Wall Street elite refer to as dumb money. We all know the GameStop story. We lived through it. We profited from it. And this September, that story hits the big screen. And it's going to show a whole new group of individual retail investors who were not on Wall Street bets back in 2021, just exactly how badly the system is stacked against them and how an online revolution of diamond hands investors actually did work. The question, could it happen again? Today on Dumb Money, will the movie hype trigger another run in GameStop? You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are the original Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Show some love to the uh, OGs. Smash the like button, like the smash button, subscribe. We are uh, now just 5,354 subscribers away from 100K. Take a second, do your thing. I'm assuming everybody here has uh, seen the trailer. Uh, it came out this week. I want to talk more about the trailer in a minute. But for those of you who don't know, Dumb Money, the movie is the story of a ragtag group of amateur investors on the Wall Street Bets subreddit, uh, led by Roaring Kitty, played by Paul Dano, who banded together to hodl GameStop and force an insane short squeeze to destroy Seth Rogen's hedge fund and upend the Wall Street establishment, the establishment played by Nick Offerman. And apparently Pete Davidson is the real life brother to Roaring Kitty. Who knew? Uh, but anyway, Chris Jordan, love your headband. Uh, we talked a lot about this back in January of 21, how it happened, how, how it ultimately would unravel for individual investors. And today I want to talk about whether a game shop's short, game shop's short squeeze could happen again, because it's like it's an interesting idea. And I think there's a chance. What do you Jordan, think? What do you think, man? What do I think? <laughs> I, I, I got no a lot. Idea. I have no idea what's going to happen to GameStop. I don't. Mean, is there still a huge short interest in the in the stock? I would imagine a lot of it's been burned away. There actually 20%, is. 20%. The percentage is bigger, yeah. but the available sh shares available to short way smaller. So the impact it could have, yeah. just technically from a from a like math standpoint, it's it it. You, I don't think you could accumulate a big enough short position to have it be squeezed, but. The, the GME stock is up 30% year to date, up and down, very volatile. Last 52 weeks, it's down 30%. Um, as of June 10th, short sellers have lost $318 million mark to market year to date, 2023. What's interesting? Right. So we're, about to, we're about to have a hype cycle for people talking about GameStop again. Right. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the bigger thing, it. right? I don't think it, if, if it's anything, it's not a short squeeze. It's just gamma accumulation on whatever strikes people decide to buy calls on. Right. And so it, I don't think. Well, well, there, there is a thesis. I, I, I want to, you know, I'll mention the thesis later on that the Wall Street bet community has on how this movie could be the next big pump for GameStop. But let's just let's just talk about these GameStop investors, guys. It's 2023. They're sticking with the nostalgia factor here with GameStop because honestly, it's just about every other meme stating meme trading stock has completely collapsed, right? So GameStop is like the last hope. And Really, I spent a lot of time this week on Reddit just trying to understand why these traders were sticking with GameStop. And for them, a lot of them really still believe that this is an ethical battle against Wall Street, that a lot of these shorts 
are still naked short selling. They're doing it illegally. They haven't closed their shorts. And a lot of these guys are just not going to give up on GameStop until they either win or lose every penny of their money. So I have a thesis of how this is all going to go down, okay? First of all, GameStop is losing money. They are no longer profitable. They're trending at like 23 bucks a share. They have $4 a share in cash, but they're losing money every single quarter, okay? And most of the GameStop investors are hoping that they're one CEO away from a major turnaround, okay? Because they've gone through like five CEOs in the last four years, and it seems like there's some kind of like 12-month like limit on CEOs at GameStop. And a lot of this all revolves around Ryan Cohen, right? So Ryan Cohen is the guy who started the e-com pet company, Chewy, all right? And there are two paths here, all right? Path number one is GameStop dies a very slow death. They essentially will close unproductive stores to kind of slow the cash bleed, but they're not profitable. And as they close those stores, they're basically limiting the amount of growth that they can get with their existing business model. Okay. So eventually that company is just going to die. It will take a long time, but it will die. That's path number one. Path number two, and this is the path that everybody's hoping for, is that Ryan Cohen hires some visionary CEO with a game-changing plan to save the company, to send them in a new direction, to take the billions of dollars that they have in cash and basically recreate a brand new company. I don't know if they keep the name or not, but, but that is the dream, okay? That is the dream, but it hasn't worked yet. They tried it with NFTs. It completely failed. Everything they've done over the past few years has completely failed. GameStop stores right now are basically Funko Pop museums, okay? They're not profitable. And here's where it gets really interesting. Ryan Cohen, the savior, the guy that put like, what? I think he owns 12% of the stock. 12%, is, yep. I think over a billion dollars of his own money or something like that in this company. And he, he hasn't sold yeah. any. He has not sold any. He's still he's still hanging tough. But the thesis, no, but the thesis is, my thesis is that when he hires this visionary CEO and gets everybody excited about this new plan, he is going to use that as his liquidity exit to say, hey, I did my job. This is the future of GameStop. It's going to be awesome. I don't want to have a conflict of interest here. I'm going to kind of give the reins to this person. The same way that he dumped all of his Bed Bath & Beyond shares at a profit to retail investors, I think that he is strategizing on his exit. That's just my thesis. I'm not a financial advisor. It's not financial advice. That's what I think is going to happen at GameStop. Now, that said... That will be uh, in Dumb Money Part 2, the sequel, because I don't even think he's in this movie. Well, well, well. first of all, let's just talk. Before before I tell you the, the Reddit thesis on what they think is going to happen with this movie, they do not like... The, I thought the trailer was insanely good. I loved it. I, I, I watched the trailer. it yep. times. I'm super happy with the trailer. I don't know how he wears these headbands, man. These this give me a headache already. Um, <laughs> here's here's what GameStop redditors are saying about the trailer. They 
hate Paul Dano as the lead for Roaring Kitty, okay? Let me just Why? read this. Paul, Paul Dano as Kitty is so awful, LOL. He just oozes awkwardness, insecurity, where Kitty is sharp, confident, and has charisma. Looks entertaining, but I'll be pirating it, not giving a nickel for it. Okay, so well, yeah, but they, they hate probably... Paul Dano. They hate Paul Dano. Um, when I first saw the cast, I thought Paul Dano was for sure Vlad from Robin Hood. Um, another person missed the opportunity. Um, I, dude, Green, he's the Riddler. Days, you how could you how could you say he's like insecure? I don't know. Before watching it, my main beef with it is Paul Dano is Roaring Kitty. It seems they want they went for a very awkward portrayal of him. Here's the thing: he's an guys. actor. He's an actor. He plays a different character in the in the what was it, the Fablemans? Uh, <laughs> I think he he's awesome in Batman, think- and he's going to be a different character here. And I thought he was great in the trailer. Just just what we've seen, because it's this kind of quirky underdog character that everybody's going to root for. I love the casting in this movie. I, I, Dude, I have goosebumps thinking about the casting for this movie. I think it's insanely good. The trailer I thought was one of the best, the best trailer I've ever seen since the original Wall Street for a financial movie, okay? Here's the thing, though. The thesis that, that Redditors have on this movie is that, and I, I do think this is, inter- this is where it gets interesting. This is how GameStop could benefit right this is how GameStop could go up I do believe that tens of millions of people will watch this movie most of them will watch it from home okay they might not do hundreds of millions at the box office but I do think tens of millions of people watch this movie and the the conversation on Wall Street bets right now is if we could just get tens of thousands of those tens of millions to do a little bit of research and understand the corruption that is still happening right now with this naked short squeeze and join the cause, join our cause. If we can just get tens of thousands from the tens of millions to get pissed off enough to join this cause, that's all we need to top off this squeeze and put Wall Street down once and for all, okay? And I I actually think that... that thesis that they're going to have a whole new audience in 21 it was just nerds like us that were on wall street bets noticing a change noticing this stuff is going on but once you get okay so i just looked wolf of wall street was a 406 million dollars in theatrical uh becoming scorsese's highest grossing film if we can if if this movie does 400 million in the you know, in the theatrical run, that's that's just that's a lot of eyeballs that See, may have not realized. A bunch of people, a bunch of people who have investments who are not active investors. They have S and P. They have an index fund. They have a four hundred one k. That are like, wait, what's going on? The people running my four hundred one k are criminals. What? How do I? How do I vote against them? Maybe I should buy some. Just buy a little share or two of uh, GameStop. That and it's a good thesis. Listen, Wall Street bets, I I think they have a shot here. This movie could be the injection that they needed. Now, here's the thing. They actually said somebody that's actually good at videos, I don't know how good we are, 
should make a dumb money video to go with the trailer explaining why it's not over. They're pissed off because they think this movie is going to say that the whole GameStop story is over. And most of the people on Wall Street Bets are saying it's just beginning. We are just getting started. So they say that if somebody makes a video, and I think we're making the video okay. right now saying that it's not over, it might not be over, guys. They Chris. say that they will make this video viral. So go ahead, go ahead, Wall Street Bets, make this viral. Because I'm now, telling Chris, you, it here's might what I need you to do. Over. I need you to do this right now. I need you to give a 30-second TikTokable version of why it's not over for GameStop. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. 50 million people are probably going to watch Dumb Money the movie. And if just 100,000 of those people do their research and actually see the corruption behind the naked short selling that is still happening with GameStop stock, okay, and decide to go in on the cause that is destroying Wall Street by squeezing those shorts, then this story is not over. It's just beginning for GameStop investors. If that happens, okay, it's an if. But if it happens, watch out because we might have one mega short squeeze left with GameStop stock. And those who are shorting right now, those those that are shorting right now are losing money. They've already lost $318 million this year alone. Uh, GameStop is outperforming the market. And there was a data analytics firm that came out and said that GameStop has a short squeeze score of 95%. And... and it's, it's an extremely expensive stock to borrow. So you're going to get squeezed if you're shorting it. And a bunch of people who watched a movie get excited and go buy a few shares. You're going to have... Now, 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 let me say this. Can I also say this? I have now, no idea. I have no idea if there's actually real naked short selling happening at GameStop. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what the Wall Street bet community firmly believes. Right or wrong. That's what they believe, Okay. I'm not saying it's happening. That's just what they believe. I, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly, I don't want to waste my time really overanalyzing whether there's naked short selling happening in GameStop. It's not my thing, man. But I, listen, I did well during the first couple squeezes. I might participate in this one. Are you going it. to participate? Are you going to put a little bit of money into GameStop in either stock or options or are you playing anything into the september release of this movie um i might play a little bit i i, I might purchase some options just to speculate on it, at least an attempted short squeeze whether it's real or not whether it actually plays out i might buy some calls and and, and i will probably do it five to six weeks before the movie comes out because you know this dave you're from the industry all the pr promos really kick in about a month before the film comes yep. out. So about two weeks before that happens, I will probably buy some call options just to speculate for fun to be part of this um, that expire um, before the movie actually comes out, right? Because the premiums will probably be cheaper. I yep. think it'll be fun. I'll go for it. Hey, I'll put in my two cents to help the cause, right? Uh, but we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll have to do. We'll do another. We'll do another video talking about exactly what we do because I think I'm going to play too. I, you know, I I have profits that I made from GameStop the first time around, and I, you know, for the cause, 
I'll put some of that back at risk. How about you, Jordan? Any interest no. at all in investing in GameStop? No, this is ridiculous. Or I don't. No. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't participate in short squeezes or anything. That's not mine. <laughs> That's not what I do with my hard-earned money. Oh, okay. What about your easy-earned money from the last short squeeze? Uh, I didn't participate, and I, I refuse to participate in things like this. It's just not what I, I do. If you want to do it, that that's that's your prerogative, but that's not what I do. I think we need to talk a little bit about our our story with this movie. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, we've said it. We are OG Dumb Money. We own the trademark to Dumb Money. Um, so this was an interesting situation. Uh, we found out about this movie and reached out to them, and nobody responded. Nobody <laughs> how many cared. how many times did you have to reach out before you actually got a response from somebody with the movie? I reached out to everyone involved with the movie, <laughs> the film studio. I even had a friend that had a friend of um, the guy that plays Sebastian, that plays um, Vlad, and he, mm -hmm. he he talked to him, and he's like, oh, I'm sure they have it all worked out. So here's the thing. I was really fortunate that I ended up finding a very close friend of mine that I didn't realize was very close with the head producer of the movie, and he personally called him and said, listen, you're going to take a lunch with Chris. And you're going to hear them out because they are dumb money and you're making a film with their brand and it's the right thing to do. So yeah. I flew out to L.A. Because because met. we can just say legally, even though we own the federal trademark on the word dumb money, you can title movies whatever you want. There, maybe, there is maybe. A weird, it's a it's there's a weird gray area when it comes to titling things. Yeah, that, it's kind of a gray area. I still don't I, fully understand, but there is this weird like... I don't think they had any intention of contacting us at all. And they no. only took this lunch because you have a friend of a friend in the industry. Yes. And so I, I, I went out to LA, had a meeting and listen, I was like, Hey, if you guys want to do merch, if you want to do stuff, if you, you should do it the right way. You should, you know, you should pay some tribute to the, you know, the guys in the community, because it's not just us, it's our entire community. It's all of y'all that are watching today that have supported us for, for years and years that have coined the term dumb money. And without us, I truly don't believe anybody would have, I, 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 you remember the first time that CNBC used the term dumb money? It was way after our show was hyping it and hyping it. And we got it in the vernacular of kind of speech uh, for a lot of retail traders. And Listen, I think I think they need to pay some respect to us. And so we ended up talking for like six months and they finally came around and they were really nice. Uh, and we really thought that they were going to have a great movie. And we're like, we want you guys to make this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the movie. I wasn't going to do anything to try to stop the use of the name because I think it's it's a perfect name to describe the movie. It, it, it really is. And although when you Google dumb money now, we used to be everything that would show up. Now you, it's hard to even find us when you Google dumb money, but that's okay. Um, they are going to, we did give them uh, a license to use the dumb money trademark. So we officially licensed our trademark to this, uh, to Sony studios, uh, to this production company for this film. So it's because of our channel that, it, that they're able to use dumb money and do all the stuff they're going to do with it. But they are going to give us a call out in the film somewhere. It's going to be very small. You might not, you might want to not blink when you're watching this film, but <laughs> there will be dumb money. We will be in this movie. 
Do you know somewhere. how much I was? Do you know how closely I was looking in the trailer when they flash through all of the like uh, creators and influencer type things? We're not in the trailer. Yeah, I, I yeah we're not. We're not in the trailer, but supposedly we'll be in the movie. I question mark. They say they say that's what they say. I, I don't think we're gonna know for sure until we actually sit down and watch it on opening night. But we're supposed to be in there. They're gonna give us. We'll probably be uh you know in a montage scene. Uh, with a bunch of other YouTubers, I would imagine. But it, listen, I, I love I love the trailer. I love the cast. I think it's a movie that needs to be made. I'm excited about it, and I'm proud that they called it dumb. I'm proud. Do you remember Dave that day, Jordan? Were you there? And and yeah, Jordan was there. Home? The what? very first episode on the original Dumb Money channel is the day we we came up with the name. Just on the fly, on a whiteboard just like- in my kitchen. You wrote it down on a board yeah. in your kitchen. It was like, how about dumb money? And you were like, yeah, <laughs> that's good. But we had we had been thinking about names for weeks and weeks and weeks for this channel, um, or the former channel that was actually just called Dumb Money, not Dumb Money Live. And uh, here we are. So I you might, you're, you're telling me that they haven't sent a film crew to your house to film you in your closet? <laughs> no, we, they, we they filmed over here. I got I I might be in the movie more than you guys. <laughs> no, D- Dave made a really cool sizzle reel of all of our GameStop footage uh, from back in the day and sent it to the studio. So they're gonna pick something from we'll that. See, we'll supposedly. see. I'm I'm not getting my hopes up, but I am getting my hopes up. If they're watching, <laughs> include us. But you know, is isn't it cool that you know the reason why we called the channel Dumb Money is because we wanted to wear that as a badge of honor, that that slang that Wall Street has been using for decades to say, you know, ah, you know, don't be dumb money. Like, it, it really, they didn't even use the word dumb money. They just used smart money. And that's what pissed me off. And so that basically, them using, them calling themselves, which was ridiculous. They actually called themselves <laughs> smart money and got that into the vernacular, right? That by default made us, the retail traders, dumb money, which has always pissed me off. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll wear it as a badge of honor because we know what we're capable of. Uh, we know the type of returns and the type of performance that really smart, intuitive, uh, individual, self-directed, investors are capable of doing uh which you know in our case obviously is phenomenal i think a lot of people in our community uh have phenomenal returns that are way over and above anything uh that any wall street hedge funds are putting out there so we're proud to wear the badge of dumb money and i think this movie it seems like guys they're kind of hyping the dumb money kind of you know that word as the being dumb, dumb money the underdogs are dumb, dumb money and in the end of the trailer, you see that Pete Davidson gets a new car, so it it doesn't all fall apart for them. Apparently, <laughs> no. there's a there's a happy ending. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. I think that this comment that I just saw is exactly how we're going to be portrayed in the movie. It's it's not you and me, Chris, uh, screaming about uh, GameStop. It is four seconds of Jordan saying bonds over GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad move. Totally. So, so Jordan, I, I I know this isn't this isn't your favorite episode, but like, what? How have you changed your portfolio mix the last couple of weeks? We've been talking a lot about this. I mean, I know you're frustrated. The way the market is behaving seems kind of irrational, but like, 
Have you done anything differently the last couple? Because you have you had this conservative hedge. I, I took my hedge off almost completely, except for Amazon. Yeah, yeah I cover. I actually so I covered a couple of shorts yesterday uh, on red, um, and then I've got you know I bought calls on Generac. I sold those uh, this morning because they were way up. Um, Do you remember when I told you I sold my Generac? Yeah, I, the order didn't go through. It didn't oh, go really? through. I still, still have, have it? it. And so I decided not to sell it. Um, yeah. So I st I'm actually doing pretty good on Generac. I, I want to say to everyone here, I told you all I would kind of talk about this after this last weekend. There was a Pride event in Denver, and we were concerned that that Pride event could be a catastrophe for Molson Coors because they were the lead sponsor of it. And with all the backlash against Bud Light, um, we thought that was a big risk factor, right? And so they made it through the weekend. There is some talk of boycotting cores, but it, it's relatively small. It never went viral. I think they made it through the weekend, guys. And so I put back on my cores uh, long trade uh, today. So I am, you know, I, I pulled out of it last week because I was a little nervous about the weekend. I'm back in that cores long trade. I, I kind of substantially up my Crocs trade as well. So I, I'm really, I'm really got a pretty major Crocs trade, pretty major Molson Coors long trade. Um, I'm still in my in mode. I uh, haven't changed anything there. Um, I'm still, by the way, I upped my Novo a little bit uh, and I'm still in Lily. I don't know if you saw the news uh, the last oh, couple yes. days. Crazy, it was on the right? Today Show. It was on the Today Show. Lily's new. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a semi, it's a not semi-glutide, but it's a different tide. Okay, something, so, something so tide. wait, wait, what did you see? Did you so see I've got the news from uh, that uh, you can't get it right now? And see, like CVS uh, and Walmart, and a few other places, like you literally can't get it. And so I know people. I don't know if they want me to tell their name or not, but they are on it, and they are afraid that they're not going to be able to because basically what they had what they do is like they start you at a really light dose and they build you up. Like you just got like the person and they build you up. But now if you have any lapse because you can't get it because they're out of stock, you would have to restart at the starting dose, which barely, well, you know, does anything apparently. Um, the FDA is authorized uh, because of the shortage that they've authorized. They on that people aren't going to want to restart from the bottom in a few months, whenever they can get... Uh, They're gonna have to take the compounded version instead of the yeah. uh, brand version. Because the FDA is authorized some, that for shortage. Yeah. Which in some cases is like salt-based and not as good. Um, but honestly, but I, not, I was not in all pills. cases. I was talking about the news on the pills. So both <clears throat> Novo and yes. Lily, both have, Lily has a phase two, Novo has a phase three, pill form that they're both around 15% weight loss without getting any injections. So those are like a year, year and a half off. Um, but those are coming down the pipe. And then the new injectable is like 27% weight loss. So yeah. and they both have those. So like this is guys, I'm yeah. actually kind of shocked that both Novo and Lily are not pumping more on this news. Quite honestly, I'm a little surprised. But I'm I think so much of uh, all of the semaglutide and liraglutide has been priced in at this point. And mm -hmm. I don't know that anyone like today's bigger, like, I guess the last couple of days, the story about this new drug that will be approved in hopefully a, a couple of years. That's that's like brand new, but so far off. I, I just, just don't think it, it has moved yet. 
I think it's just showing that both of these companies are always going to be one step ahead of anybody else. And that is really important because you said it's priced in, but I'm not seeing this as, oh, sales are up this year. Dave, I am seeing this as a $100 billion line of drugs that is going to be controlled by two companies globally. Yep. I think this is the largest thing to happen in pharma in our entire lifetime, maybe. So I don't think it's fully priced in. I don't think anytime you have an anomaly, anytime you have something that is so big, we were not just accustomed to seeing those types of drugs become that big. People have to, people have to see it actually happen to believe it. So I, I think from a risk reward standpoint, I love Lily and Novo. And I think for me, I, I think this is going to be a social arb trade that's going to last for maybe years, not just yeah. months. So I love them. No, I'm, I'm saying only the, the thing that's priced in is the fact that these drugs exist. I think that the oh, yeah. factor that hasn't been priced in is how big it's going to be. If they can get their manufacturing together so that every drugstore in America is not sold out and in the world, like yeah. you could, if you can actually buy this stuff, people will buy it, even at the crazy high prices. And imagine when the pill format comes out, which is slightly cheaper to manufacture. Um, it not that been. not that cheaper to manufacture means that they're going to have a uh, a cheaper price point, but it's because it's easier to take. They could still maintain their margins. It's a more desirable product because you don't have to like shoot yourself with a needle. And I mean, it's I, I think the market for that opens up huge opportunity. Don't you think it has to be way cheaper to make because it doesn't have to be refrigerated? Those other ones, I believe, yeah, have to be cheaper to make. Isn't isn't the the factor here? The the little plastic pin they put it in isn't the factor. It's the development Scale. that went into researching it and the fact that they can't make it fast enough. So of course they're going to charge as much as they can. And once once both companies are producing at scale and there's a surplus of this stuff, then the prices could come down. But until then, why would they? Uh, yeah. By the way, guys, I'm not into Pfizer on this trade. Pfizer is way behind on on what they're doing here. I think they had to halt one of their drugs in this their pipeline. No, for me, it's for me, it's Lily and Nova. Those are my those are my trades on this. I, I I'm not touching anything else on the obesity drug uh, kind of matrix. Uh, I think those two companies are going to own the vast majority of that market. I love them both, but there's just a lot of trades. Like we're in a lot of stuff right now between Lily and Novo and InMode and Molson Coors. And, and by the way, um, also, how about uh, uh, Mattel? Did you see the Barbie? Uh, Barbie Airbnb? Barbie's you see the Barbie machine. marketing they're doing. The, we need to do another movie, another show on Barbie because they've done such a good job with marketing, viral type stuff. I saw it on this Today Show, the Barbie uh, Airbnb that you can stay in. It's uh, Ken's bachelor party or something at Barbie Mansion. And uh, I've seen it in multiple news sources and I saw it on Today Show this morning. Um, by the way, there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch. I saw a progressive ad where they were standing at a Barbie Mansion uh, doing a progressive ad. And then the last five seconds of the thing is Barbie in theaters next month. Okay. While we're speaking about Airbnb houses, I, I just got to say one last thing. Pedro, one of our longstanding Dumb Money mods, has been working for a year and a half with his wife in Nashville. I just texted to you, Dave, yep, I'm to um, design what they call the Nashville Dollhouse B&B. The Rowdy Howdy Boutique Bed and Breakfast in Nashville, Tennessee. Guys, 
it's if you go to the rowdyhowdy.com, the rowdyhowdy.com, this thing is unbelievable. For any of y'all in the community that are going to Nashville at any point in the next year, you have got to book a night in this thing. <laughs> this is so great. It's, and he it's not exactly Barbie shade of pink, but this thing is crazy. Dude, it is so cool, man. I mean, I, and and he he. So for those of y'all don't know, Pedro has been getting us a lot of intel on Airbnb the last couple of years as we've done a lot of shows on Airbnb, um, and he's always been a great source of intelligence. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about Airbnb revenues by people by hosts in some of the tourist cities down dramatically this summer, dude. I I'm a little worried for Airbnb right now. Really. I, don't, I mean, I told you when we went to Florida, I mean, that was, Rosemary Beach. I feel, I feel like that was a yeah, that was a story that has happened. I, I don't. Is it mm -hmm. getting worse this summer? So hmm. I don't remember the last time I was on 30A in Florida in the Panhandle at Rosemary Beach Seaside Watercolor, and all the management firms that I spoke to were like, "It there are a lot of houses, friend." We ended up upgrading our house at the last minute because they booted us out due to a water leak or something and i was able to get next day an oceanfront house for roughly 50 percent of what it normally rents for because it was just sitting there unrented i, I don't think that's ever happened in all the years i've been doing 30a down in so Florida. there's that issue and there's also the issue that there are more cities starting to um ban air ban short-term rentals dallas being one of them by the way yep yep that's we we had a big Airbnb project we were working on, and we canceled it because we knew this was coming down the pipe. <clears throat> and uh, Dallas has banned Airbnbs in single-family zone areas, yes. which is a pretty big deal, and it's freaking everyone out here. I actually have a close friend that has an Airbnb house in a single-home, uh, single-family neighborhood. That's Which I think that's been one of the biggest concerns uh, all along with Airbnb is just the municipalities that start to yeah. uprise and say, no, we're not going to do it. Totally. Totally. And, they, uh, well, they, and so the other thing is that uh, uh, Napa, so Napa out uh, banned them too. So you can't rent for less than 30 days, I think. That's, that's tough, man. That's yeah. tough. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually a little surprised that um, Mattel – it's finally it's ticking up a little bit today. I'm a little surprised it hasn't moved more. Um, it's not like a huge trade for me. It wasn't a high conviction trade. I thought it was a, it was a speculative trade going into this film because I knew the marketing would be insane, and it is insane, guys. They're 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 crushing this marketing. The next few weeks are going to be wild. I'm going to stick with my trade on Mattel going into that week of the movie release. I still think the the, the risk reward, I think, is in my favor. So we'll see what happens on Mattel, guys. It's it's not a high conviction trade, but it's a trade that I think is fun. And I, uh, by the way, I bought my tickets for the movie on opening night, Thursday night, to see it. So <laughs> if the movie's terrible, I mean, we'll You'll know first to know. Bad based on previews, you know, reviews it coming out. It looks so good. I saw an, another extended uh, commercial today. Uh, it. I I was not excited about it when I heard that they're making the movie, and then after seeing the clips, I'm I'm definitely going to see it. All right. So if uh, my son doesn't want to come see the Barbie movie with us, which he probably won't, you can you can take. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. All right. <laughs> North Park one and two. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so guys, we have a lot of shows coming up. Uh, we have like half a dozen show ideas, uh, based on trades that we're working on. So if you haven't subscribed, uh, please subscribe because we're trying to hit that hundred thousand, man. Like that we would need be another exciting. plaque so that we can then abandon this channel. Like we do every channel once we hit a hundred thousand. And, and guys, we're working on a really cool dumb money merch project that we hope will be ready right around the time that we hope to hit 100,000 followers. So uh, you're going to want to be a subscriber to be eligible for a preview of that project. Uh, so please subscribe, hit the bell so you're <laughs> notified when we have new episodes. I haven't said that in a while. Hit and, the bell? Uh, Is the, do people even hit the bell anymore? I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't even think you tell, and you really don't even tell people to like and subscribe anymore. That's just something that we do because we <laughs> like to keep it old school. We are According old to uh, the new rules of uh, YouTube, people people are so sick of that that they don't even bother anymore. Uh, all right, guys. All right, that's going to do it. We're done money. We'll see you next time.